Hello, this is Senior Beat. My name is Christine Beattie. I'm the director at the Madison Senior Center, and our co-producer is Tom Frazier, a man of many hats. Yeah, right. (laughs) Sometimes too many. Too many hats. (laughs) I know you've been awfully busy, but I'm so glad you could join us today. We have some exciting guests for you. Rachel Krinsky from the YWCA and Melissa Gumbar from the Civil Rights Division of the City of Madison. We're essentially here to talk about, um, I guess you could describe it as Racial Equity and Social Justice 101. There's been a lot of talk in our community about um, a report called Race to Equity. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll just hold that up. Some of you may have seen it. Um, about some of the racial disparities in Dane County. And um, Reverend Alex G. also wrote an important letter in the newspaper. And so we want to bring this topic to uh, Senior Beat and have a discussion with these two very well-informed ladies uh, to find out a little bit more about this, and especially how it might relate to older adults as well. But we... um, we know that the Y has an important mission, and that mission, Rachel, is eliminating racism and empowering women. That's a very strong mission. It is a very strong mission. Yeah. We're not going to get that done this year. Not this year, but <laughs> we, we, we hold our, uh, we'll hold our breath for you. I know that you've been holding um, um, summits regularly and Melissa reminded me almost for a 10-year period on Actually, this top 13 years 13 years that we've been having racial justice summits in this com- in yeah. this community talk a little bit about what what your objective is in those summits that's a big question um, <laughs> the summits are part of several things that we do in the area of racial justice um, towards our mission of eliminating racism mm-hmm. and the goals are both to educate people and help people in our community learn to talk about and grapple with and be open with and have honest conversations around race mm-hmm. um, and some of it is about social change and really making change towards equity so we have both of those kinds of goals yes, absolutely and um, the reason that we had uh, you two is that we thought it was a really a nice mix of your work um, in the community as a nonprofit social change agency. And also, Melissa, you represent civil rights in the city of Madison. So we're excited to hear what the city of Madison is doing in that front, too. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure, absolutely. So the Department of Civil Rights has been working in this area for many, many years now, decades. Um, And recently we've been able to partner with um, public health from Dane County and Madison to work on the Racial Equity and Social Justice Initiative. And we're really looking at that report, the Race to Equity Report, and understanding that there are disparities in, in our community and really looking at how can the city of Madison as a government entity, as an employer, as someone that funds services in our community, really take action to work to eliminate those disparities. And so we're examining all that we do in our operations, in our policies, in our budgets, and in our interactions with the community to really get on the right side of history and really make decisions in our day-to-day operations that work to eliminate disparities instead of contribute to disparities. So the report is really shocking, and I think, Tom, you had some figures that you noticed from it, but um, wow, the the differences. Yeah, well, you know, the one that jumped out at me was the poverty level. Over 50% of black uh, African Americans are below the poverty level, and 
in terms of older people, I always try to think about what the poverty level is, how low it is, yeah, you know, $11,000 yeah. for per one, one person. You know, and it's so low to begin with, and then think you have 54%, you know, below the poverty level, less. And, and compared to, like, 8.7% for, you know, uh, white population. Um, you know, and we were just talking briefly about why, why there's such a big difference. And I also noticed that over a several-year period, it got worse. You know, it got a lot worse, not for the white population, but for the black population. Maybe you could address that. I was starting to say before the show while we were chatting that there are many factors that go into those statistics, historical factors, policy. Um, if anybody really wants to learn about that, the YWCA does workshops, and the second one is all about the history of policy that has gotten us to where we are today. Mm -hmm. But in terms of the recent divide and worsening in our community, the recession that happened in our nation almost didn't touch Madison in, in terms of actual definitions of recession. Madison didn't have one. Um, but the black popula population in Madison did and had a severe drop, um, or I guess it's a raise in unemployment. Mm -hmm. And across the country, communities of color have not recovered from the recession mm -hmm. as quickly or as thoroughly as white populations have. And so that's being reflected in the unemployment figures and the poverty figures in our local community. Mm -hmm. Yeah, frightening to me was the number of children in poverty, and also we've uh, also been hearing about the the um, the number, the percentage of population in our schools that is um, uh, young people of color. Uh, it's forty, fifty percent. Is that correct? That's right. And I don't think a lot of people understand that. That is the fact of life in Madison. We are changing as an entire community. That's right. And that serves us yeah. to make the changes uh, that you both are working so hard on. Um, why? Oh, oh, go ahead. Okay. Uh, we'll take while turns. you were thinking. <laughs> while, you were, while you were thinking. I, I was just wondering, is, do you think the message is getting out there? I mean, I, I've in a lot of committees and meetings and stuff, and I hear it pretty regularly. But do you think the, you know, the masses are getting the message? I can tell you that the YWCA and some of our other partner organizations in this work have suddenly been inundated in the last year and a half. Oh, um, and our world has changed from kind of crying in the darkness to get anybody to talk about race to being overwhelmed by the number of individuals and groups that want our help to come talk about the race to equity report or facilitate a discussion or help people figure out what the terms mean, um, which is a wonderful problem for us to have. Um, but I would say that Madison and Dane County have really gotten much more interested in talking about these issues. That doesn't mean every single person wants to talk about them. Um, but I think in general, it's becoming something that people feel responsible to address. Are you going to tell us your joke? My, yes. So I, <laughs> one of my favorite jokes as a born and bred Madisonian you get to say this. is that my first language was white Madison, um, which means that when I became an adult, I couldn't talk about race at all right. because I had grown up in this community where at least at that time, talking about race was considered a little impolite. Right. And if you were going to be a, 
a good, nice white person, then you didn't want to talk about this because you might use the wrong word or you might offend somebody. Um, and so this culminated in my being not quite laughed at by a colleague my freshman year in college as I stood in a large lecture hall trying to explain who somebody was using every other imaginable descriptor. Mm -hmm. And finally this woman said, you mean the black man? <laughs> <laughs> and I, at that time, I couldn't even say yes. I, I sort of, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've come a long way um, in my ability to talk about race, but I also have some empathy for my fellow white Madisonians who did grow up um, a long time ago or recently with this sort of taboo about these conversations and the fear of getting them wrong. So we can, we can say black, that's still... We can say black, we can say African-American, people have preferred terms. Um, we can say Hispanic, we can say Latino, we can say Latina. Um, if we get really good at this, we might want to listen to the people we're talking to and see if we can learn their preferred terms. Mm -hmm. But I would say, short of using negative terms, mm -hmm. better to choose one that's appropriate and not somebody's favorite and get the words out and be talking about yeah. this and solving the problems. Yeah. This, solving uh, the problem. this <laughs> sounds a little like elderly, elderly, senior, yes. older yes. adult, yes. you know, and right. if you ever have a discussion, you can get almost nobody. If you have five people in a room, you'll have five ideas about what's the best and, and thing. And for me, it's always whatever <laughs> you do, don't call it a senior center because of the negative connotations yeah. of senior. Yeah. Crazy. It's a really great parallel. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you know that you wouldn't want the results of that to be that nobody addresses issues for the older issues people. Of ages on because we can't talk about it. Exactly. Right, exactly. Um, you know, it, it, it just strikes me that, um, Melissa, that haven't we gone through affirmative action, equal opportunity? You know, what is racial equity as opposed to these other terms? Could you help us with understanding that? Great question. And it's a question I get a lot. So my job title is affirmative action specialist. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of my day to day. And, you know, what we're seeing, unfortunately, is that these policies still haven't brought us far enough, right? Okay. We love these policies. We are so proud of all of the work that was done through the civil rights movement, getting equal opportunity law, getting affirmative action law. Some things that have occurred with these laws is that through case law and, you know, throughout time, they have been diminished somewhat, mm -hmm. and they have not um, continuously kind of move the needle like we need to move the needle. And so we're looking to just become a little bit more creative okay. in, how we're, in how we're structuring our, our practices. Um, and it extends, the concept of equity extends beyond employment, um, mm -hmm. where I think a lot of equal opportunity affirmative action laws have traditionally set. So an example could be um, our city clerk's office, right? They run all of the city's elections, and they made a goal this year through inequity analysis, which is a tool that we use, much like an environmental impact analysis, to see how our work is doing. They made a decision that they want their demographics of all their election officials to match the demographics of the communities of the polling place. So that, as you can see, is something that goes beyond the typical definition of affirmative action or equal opportunity policy. It's more creative and it's a little bit more expansive. Can I, can I just add? Sure. Please. Those policies were about being fair. That's right. But you can be fair and you can treat everyone the same and you can still end up with all white people in the room or in your employment area based on networks, based on people being more comfortable with people who are more like them, 
unconscious bias. There are all these other factors. Mm -hmm. So many organizations think they've done the job because they're treating everyone equally yes. and they're not, they're not discriminating. Mm -hmm. But that's not enough to get the job done. And I just have to point out before this segment ends that here we are, four white people, talking about this topic, which right. is fine, and sometimes that's good mm -hmm. that white people take care of this. But it's also a case in point that more often than not, if you look around this community at who has titles, who's got the media, who's in positions of power, it's going to be white people. Mm. Um, and that's worth noticing, and yeah. that's one of the things we're trying to make some headway on. Right. Exactly. Excellent. Well, you um, have used in some of the trainings with the city a wonderful little chart that was really an aha moment for me. Tell us about this chart of the the tall, the middle size, and the short person trying to watch the baseball game. Sure. So the setup is a baseball field, and there's three people of differing heights, and they all get one little like stand or ladder or little box to stand on, mm -hmm. so they can see over the fence and into the baseball game so they can participate. Mm -hmm. Everyone gets the same. And even though everyone gets a box to stand on, the shortest individual still can't see over the fence. Right. So that's what Rachel was talking about with regards to equality, everyone getting the and same. May I say, that's the right. tall person is standing on a box for no reason. That's right. <laughs> the tall person can see over without it's, a box. Would, would that equate to white privilege in a certain way, do you think? The well, tall person makes metaphors. Okay, actually. <laughs> let's just stick um, with the tall. But the tall but person. that's what equal means: is everybody yes, gets the yes, same, same, whether it's enough or whether they don't need it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Good, good. It's often thought of also as you know, I walk around with your glasses on. Yeah. I don't need them. That's not <laughs> what I need, right? So it's getting everyone what they need. It's creating equal access, um, you know, so that everyone has the same. Yes, very yes. good. So our preferred well, version of the picture has the short person with two boxes that's right, and yes. the tall person with none so everyone can see the game. That's right. Well, we're going to be right <laughs> back with these uh, wonderful guests, and we'll see you in a minute. Welcome back to Senior Beat. We're here with Melissa Gumbar from the city of Madison and Rachel Krinsky from the YWCA. And um, Melissa, I'll ask you this question. You know, why all this emphasis on race? I mean, t talk to us some more. What's, what's the whole, why is it in a community that is not heavily populated with different races, why race? Why focus on that? 
It's an excellent question, and I think it's the most popular or most common question that we get. Um, when you look at that race to equity report that we referenced earlier, we see that racial disparities cut across all different types of demographics. So when we look at gender, when we look at socioeconomic class, when we look at age, um, if you control for those demographics, you'll still see racial disparities in all of those groups. And so it's very important that we focus on race. Um, evidence does show that if we have an initiative or have a policy or have an idea when there are really strong race disparities and we don't name race, we can actually make the problem worse. We can increase oh disparities okay. instead of help. And so it's very important to name race and to really come up with strategies that will address it in particular. And of course, as we do that, we will benefit all other populations as well. So we will see benefits for folks of all genders, all ages, all socioeconomic classes. Thank you for mm -hmm. explaining that, because I, I, think that, uh, I think that there's a lot of confusion around that whole issue. And Rachel, you were talking about how the YWCA has done some work internally um, to improve the um, strength of your organization. That's right. First of all, let me say that if our mission is eliminating racism and we're out there telling other people and organizations how to be more equitable, we better be cleaning up our own side of the street. Yeah. Um, so we have been doing a lot of internal work, looking at all of our policies and practices with a racial equity lens, um, particularly around hiring and promotion questions, um, around inclusion, whose voices, how, you know, who has power and influence in the organization, mm -hmm. not only related to title. Mm -hmm. um, lots and lots of pieces about this. We actually um, are using a model internally that we're also using externally. We have a program called Creating Equitable Organizations, and okay. we decided we had better be our own first customer <laughs> to get this right. <laughs> and as part of that process, we created an internal change team around racial equity with right. people from different races and different parts of the organization and different levels of the hierarchy who have created some very specific strategic goals in quite a number of areas around this. It's and been the, a great experience. And their voices have really helped you to become a better organization That's yourself. Right. And that um, information would maybe be available to other organizations. Um, we know yes. that your website has a lot of resources on it, including a race to equity toolkit. Mm -hmm. um, and then you were saying something about a, a training program. We have a workshop series. We also have a page in the um, website that just has links to readings and an online training. I do want to make one more point, though, which is that this isn't all just about talk and about well-meaning. Mm -hmm. um, it is about measurable outcomes. Um, for instance, our leadership team has gone from being all white people, which for an organization with our mission is really unacceptable, mm -hmm. uh, to being 20% people of color, which is still not where we need to be, mm -hmm. but it's better and says something to other people of color who work for us about being represented in leadership. Right. Um, we've increased the number of people of color who work for us overall. We're looking at Spanish language access. So, so it really is about the way that we serve the community and we serve our clients as well as the power dynamics internally. You are, you are walking the talk. We had better. Yeah. And, <laughs> and we're glad that you are because you're a real leader in the community and we appreciate but that. But it's not easy. You know, no. this is not easy work interpersonally. It's not easy work organizationally and one of the reasons that I really like to talk about the work we're doing and the ways we've struggled and the ways we're missing the mark um, is because I want to acknowledge that and so that other individuals and organizations feel like it's okay to talk to us about where they are. Yeah, exactly. Well, I know in the city I've been privileged to have a lot of really good training programs that are available to City of Madison employees. What else are we doing in the, in the city, Melissa, that you can tell us about? Yeah, 
doing a lot. So really great news. We have two full-time positions that will be um, working on equity full-time in the coming year. So one is to set our measurable um, indicators so that we can mark our progress and track our progress over time. Um, so that uh, is very, very exciting for us. Um, training, like you mentioned, is a very big component of our work. People need to understand how to talk about race mm -hmm. and how to actually identify those choice points to move to action mm -hmm. once they're mm -hmm. comfortable talking about it. So we have internal training programs, and we also partner with the YW and some other sister organizations sure. to make sure that we are you know, building the capacity of our workforce. Sure. And then also, we developed that racial equity impact analysis tool that I discussed a little bit earlier, and we have applied that to some things already. Something as silly as um, large item trash pickup, right, with our streets department. What does it look like when we, you know, have that equal service model of every single neighborhood gets large item trash pickup in the same exact way? What does that mean for neighborhoods that are higher density or that have higher mobility? Are their neighborhoods looking as nice as oh. other neighborhoods? Should we maybe be giving those neighborhoods more, more. attention? Right. And that's the equity lens that we sometimes right. talk about. That's I've, I've right. been learning so much. Uh, microaggression and yes. uh, a whole yes. new world of language is coming out um, on this area. But I'm, I'm really excited about what's happening on the city level as well. Um, because we, we need to reflect our community. And our statistics in the city employment uh, need to be improved, don't they? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Personnel practices in our hiring and the civil service model in general has a lot of touch points from um, exams when people right. are trying to get in to interview questions. And something that we do see some departments doing is making... Um, successful working relationships with multicultural communities a benchmarkable employment skill that a candidate must have in order to be employed and so really making sure that that's something that candidates have to demonstrate in order to get a job with the city of Madison particularly in management level positions as we move forward so there's a lot of work happening we're very excited sure. to see kind of where this is going and we have a lot of departments interested from engineering to Monona Terrace to the clerk's office everyone is really trying to look at everything that they do through this equity lens. And even in the division, the community development division, their um, emerging opportunities program really tried to encourage very small grassroots organization yes. in, in communities to step forward and l learn how to seek funding for important programs in their own community. And um, so it's a small step, but we're hoping that it's going to make some difference from the lives of people. Um, you were talking about, you know, how does how does this affect older adults? Do you think? I mean, what's the lesson here for older people? I I give you a little moment to talk about that. I I saw an interesting program at one of the training about, you know, how we need to step forward and right the wrongs that we see. And again, that business about being afraid to talk about race, but calling it out when it's unjust and it is not fair, and learning how to do that respectfully, but calling it out. And, and one of the videotapes was two older women standing in a grocery store line. And I, I thought, you know, I wonder if older people would feel comfortable enough to say, this isn't fair, you shouldn't do this. But I'm, I'm curious, the application to older adults? Yeah, I mean, I think there are a lot of applications. I think you're right. 
people who know the system, people who know how it works and can advocate um, for this cause when they see inequities occurring is very important. And I think a lot of times members of our community that have been around, they understand how our systems work. They really have, are, they're uniquely positioned, right, to step in and um, make things right. And as we see our population really changing, uh, becoming more diverse as, as, as a nation, we have a lot of opportunities to create the conditions for, um, for equity in our community. And older adults, I think, have, have a really great um, opportunity to step in and help us out. If, if older people wanted to get more involved, wanted to learn more, what could each of you do to help them do that? Well, as mentioned, we have the workshops. People are welcome to sign up for those. The next series starts in How often February. Do they happen? February. It's a three-part series. It happens three, sometimes four times a year, and the next one will be mornings beginning in February. Mm -hmm. um, the resources on the website. The other thing I think is worth mentioning, and we sort of alluded to this, but our population is becoming much more racially diverse. But in the younger ages, and the older and older the population, you know, if you look at the slices of Madison, older adults in Madison are still quite predominantly white, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. means that they are less white people who are elderly are less likely to have significant relationships with people of color. Um, and I think real relationships with people of color for white people are one of the ways that we get past some of the discomfort and some of the stigma and mm -hmm. some of these other things. And so I think older adults who are white we'll have to work harder to learn to think about these issues differently. Um, this isn't easy, and I think making a decision to learn about this, even if it's just accepting that racism isn't over and we didn't fix it in the civil rights era, that we're not in a post-racial society, um, many white people of all ages would rather talk about anything else and <laughs> would rather say, well, isn't it just poverty? Or mm -hmm. isn't there something wrong with these parents? Mm -hmm. there, there's a lot of blaming the victim. There's a lot of other things. And so I think even an internal decision to consider the possibility that race really is a factor in our community and that things here are not equitable and just mm -hmm. and to learn about that would be a tremendous move in the right direction. Right. I'm already thinking about some programs at the Madison Senior Center as we've been speaking. Makes sense, doesn't it? Well, you know, Social Security is a good example where people want to raise the age for getting Social Security. Well, that affects minorities because they don't do you live have as long. history of Social Security? Yes, I do. That it was designed intentionally to leave out domestic workers and agricultural workers mm -hmm. who were people of color. Those were the only people left out. That's right. Mm -hmm. So even things that we think of as fair and equitable That's right. often aren't. Aren't, yeah. yeah. But we can just so easily say, well, people are living longer, so why shouldn't we wait till 70 to get right. Social Security. Well, that's going to discriminate against yeah. a lot of people. And on average, white people are living longer than people of color. So, yeah. And disability So it's not a simple thing different. as everybody is living longer. Correct. Some right. people are living right. longer. Right. There's a lot of complicated issues, but being willing to think about those things. And to learn more. And to learn more yes. and to ask questions is, is great. important. Yeah, very good. Any other last-minute uh, uh, advice for us as we go into this uncharted territory and learn more and, you know, keeping an open mind, trying to look at the other person and, and see past a lot of barriers, I think, might be something I would say to someone. But uh, 
What's your words of wisdom yeah, for us? Yeah, I would say invest some time, do some learning. I can speak to the success of the YW's programs. I've been through many of them myself. I attend the summit every year. Mm-hmm. And so really just investing that personal time and being open and keeping an open mind and an open heart. And I think the last thing I would say is try not to feel defensive, feel guilty. That's not what it's about. Um, And if you get stuck in trying to explain that it's not your fault and it's not your family's fault and you're not a racist, that makes it very hard to move forward. Great. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here and helping us with this very important topic. We really appreciate having you here. We'll see you next month on Senior Beat.